0: Spend so much time nowadays talking about uh, how to have a better marriage or how to have a, a better, uh, be a better parent or be a better husband or be a better father or be a better wife. Or, uh, there's all those things and don't get me wrong, they're important. But they don't supersede our understanding that Christ is sufficient for all of that. Amen. Christ is molding me and shaping me and turning me into the very image of the one who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Amen. The work of the cross does more than just save my soul. It gives me a reason to keep living, a reason to keep hoping, a reason that God continues to mold and shape me. Amen. Amen. So tonight I want to talk about the gospel because I think we get so far off track with uh, messages and sermon series and even, you know, uh, even us going through the the book of Genesis is not a bad thing. It's always good to read God's word. Amen. All of God's word is uh, God breathed useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Amen. But, we have a misconception nowadays that I have to understand the whole 1640, what, 43 or 46? Westminster. Uh, 1646. Yeah, I have this, you know, we got this idea nowadays that we have to understand all of the four, uh, 1646 Westminster Confession before we even saved, Okay. Uh, we, we think we have to have the whole 1689 London Baptist Confession memorized before we come to faith in Christ, or we think we got to understand the, 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 the doctrine of the Trinity before we come to Christ, or we think we have to understand this before we come to Christ, okay? Uh, the reality is what we need to understand is Christ came, he lived a perfect life, he, he lived a perfect life so that he could die as a perfect sacrifice, So that he might redeem anyone who believes, amen? And in resurrecting from the dead, he was raised from the dead so that we would be justified before the Father. And if we put our faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, we believe that with all of our heart, all of our soul, and everything within us. If we believe that in our heart and confess it with our mouth, the Bible says we're born again. Amen. I understand all this other stuff is important, but the realities that we have complicated the gospel to the point of nauseam is almost sickening to me because we've done just what the Pharisees were accused of doing. We've shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. We don't go in and neither will we let anyone else go in either because they have to believe what we say and what we think. But that thief on the cross didn't know nothing. Amen. That thief on the cross didn't have one iota of an idea of what election was or justification was or atonement was. He had no idea who Christ was. He had no idea who, 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 what Jesus came to do or what Jesus taught. He had no idea. Amen. Watch the message from... Alistair begged this week and it really struck home with me because that thief you know Alistair asked a question he said if we go to heaven you know use the old euphemism if you go to heaven and you're standing before the pearly gates of St. Peter and he said why should I let you into heaven? He said immediately, if you said, I chose and I did this and I made a decision, you're immediately wrong because that's not the gospel. The gospel isn't me. The gospel is Christ. Right. He said, He said, and I'm sure when they asked that man why he was there, he said, He said, I don't know. He said, What do you mean you don't know? You gotta know why you're here. You gotta know the 1689, the 1646. You got to know the Baptist faith and message. You got to know about atonement. You got to know about Trinity. You got to know about. And that guy said, I don't know any of that. What are you talking about? Then how come you're here? He said the man on the middle cross said I could go. Amen. Come on. We make it so complicated. Yeah. Jesus was crucified by. Beside two thieves. One on his right hand and one on his left. And the one reviled him and, and made fun of him. And you saved others. save yourself. And us. The other man all he did was say. You shut up. Kevin's paraphrase version. Yeah. You shut up. We're getting rightly just what we deserve. But this man has done nothing. And he asked him. Master, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He said, surely, you will be with me this day. You will be with me in paradise. And that man had no idea of deep theology. He had no uh, ecumenical training. He had no ecclesiastical understanding. He had no eschatology. He had no he didn't even have any uh, 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 a soteriology. He had no idea. So when that man got to heaven and they asked him "Well, why are you coming in and why, why are you here? The man on the middle cross said I can come. The only way any of us ever, ever, ever gets to heaven is because Jesus Christ said we could come. Tonight I wanted to talk about the gospel. I wanted to talk about what the gospel is. Number one, what is the gospel? The gospel is Christ, Him crucified. The gospel is Christ crucified, dead, resurrected, and alive forevermore. If you would turn with me to First Corinthians, chapter one. Tonight I wanna I I want to bring a message to those who are watching, those who may not even know Christ, those who may not even Understand the gospel, I am gonna make a gospel plea to you tonight to believe Christ who is the gospel. I I remember sitting in a room with a bunch of pastors and preachers. Oh, what is the gospel? Well, all of this pertains to the gospel, and all of that pertains to the gospel, and all the things they say of the gospel, Paul doesn't add into his preaching. All the stuff that people hold on to and fight over and bicker over, Jesus doesn't even say to Nicodemus. If explaining all of these things was just so vitally important for us to be saved, then why didn't Jesus say it? Why didn't Nicodemus hear it? Why didn't Paul say it? Why didn't Paul make the, the, the Corinthians understand it just this way? But he doesn't. He doesn't sit out to explain all these deep things. He said, I got a simple gospel. Jesus, when he got baptized and came out of the Jordan River, it says he went about and commanded men to repent yeah. and believe the gospel. John the Baptist came preaching repentance. He said, repent and believe the good news. It's a far cry from the five solos or the five points of Calvinism or the 1689 uh, London Baptist Confession or the 1646 Westminster Confession or the Belgic Confession or the Amen. Come on, somebody. All that stuff is good stuff. I'm not putting it down. I love all that stuff. But it's not the gospel. It may be truth, And it may be the truth about deep things of Christian faith. But it's not the gospel. The gospel is Christ. Him crucified. Him dead. Him buried. Him rose from the dead. That's the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. <sighs> Can I go to verse 20? Can I start there? Verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I want you to note this in your text. He saves them that believe. Amen. Nobody comes to Christ except the Father draws them. So anybody that ever believes is because God has intervened. Amen? Amen. Said the foolishness by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jew required a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jew a stumbling block and unto the Greek foolishness but unto them which are called, both Jew and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God because of the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of this world, things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and all things which are not to bring to naught those things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence, but of Him are ye in Christ Jesus, whom God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. According to the according to what is written, he that glorieth let him glory in the Lord. I want you to notice, Paul says. That unto Christ Jesus we have been brought. We're in Christ Jesus who is of God made the wisdom and the righteousness and the sanctification and the redemption. So when I say the gospel is Christ crucified, that's it. There is no other gospel. There's no other way. There's nothing I can add to it. And so many people go, "Oh well, I, you know, they don't quite understand this, so I, I just don't know if they're saved." Well, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, they they might know the Lord. I just don't know because they believe this other false thing, this other weird thing that I don't believe. But do they believe in Christ? Yes. Come on. You ain't the judge. That's right. You're not. One of these days they're going to stand before the judge who will judge all things. Yep. And then there will be no hiding. There will be no mistaking. Yep. But we think that everybody has to have this same level of understanding or this high of understanding before they come to Christ. Before they really know God. And what I hear in these circles is I know so much more than they do that that they can't possibly know God like I know God. And you know what I hear in that pride, 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 pride. pride. And if we come back to the gospel every time we preach, if we come back to the gospel every time we read, if we come back to the gospel every time we learn something and understand that I would know none of this save for Christ, saving me, redeeming me, making me righteous, becoming wisdom unto me, becoming strength for me. I would know nothing. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15. If you guys thought I was coming here and preaching to an empty room like it was an empty room, you got the wrong guy. Because I don't care if there's only six, eight people here. I'm going to preach like there's a hundred people here. Yes. Amen. I got one way. All the way. Amen. All the way. Chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians. Verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which ye also are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. Yes. I think there's a lot of people who have head knowledge and believe in vain, who on the day that Christ comes back, will be among those people that run up to him and say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do all these miracles in your name? And he's going to look at them and say, Depart from me, you who work iniquity. I never knew you. Until you come to the man on the middle cross. Until you get to the bottom line, until you come to your senses and say, I'm a sinner and I need saving. And this Jesus is the only way. Unless you hear those same words, this day you shall be with me in paradise. You will not be among those innumerable hosts standing on the sea of glass whose number cannot be counted. Till you come to the man on the middle cross. Verse 3. For I deliver unto you first of all that which I also received. How Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That he was seen of Cephas. And then of the twelve, after that he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, and whom the greater part remain unto this present day, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, and then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also as one born out of time. This is Paul's gospel This is the gospel Paul preaches Christ crucified dead and buried Rose from the dead According to the scriptures Why does, this, why does Paul say According to the scriptures when, when Paul came to Berea And he started preaching the gospel To the Bereans What did they do It says that they searched the scriptures Diligently To see if these things were so. Why? Because the Bible, the Holy Scriptures are God breathed, inspired. They contain all we need to know to come to faith in Christ. Everything that we need to know is found within the pages of Scripture. The revelation of Jesus coming living a life, dying as a suffering servant, Isaiah 53, rising from the dead is all part of Scripture. The Bible says in Hebrews that faith cometh by hearing. Or in Hebrews, it's Romans, isn't it? Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So the word of God is able to make you wise unto salvation according to first or 2 Timothy chapter 3. Amen. Amen. The word of God is able to make you wise for salvation. Yes. It's able to give you everything necessary for you to understand the gospel. What is the gospel? Christ. Christ is the gospel. What is the gospel? Christ crucified. Christ dead. Christ raised from the dead. What is the gospel? Christ victorious. Given all power. All authority. The name above every name. The only name by which men must be saved. Jesus Christ is the gospel. For just a little bit of this, you can go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 11, verse 17, verse 18, where Jesus, talking to the Apostle John, says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I am he who was, who is, and is to come. I am he who died. Yet, behold, I live forevermore. Christ is the gospel. Christ is our hope. Christ is our high calling. If the gospel you preach isn't Christ, it's works. And if it's works, it's a lie. Christ is the gospel. What do I have to understand about Christ? Do I have to understand all the intricacies of the the trinity? Do I have to understand all the intricacies of the atonement? Do I have to understand all the intricacies intricacies of justification, of sanctification? Do I have to understand all that? No! I have to believe that Jesus came and lived a perfect life. I have to believe that Jesus came and suffered and died for my sins. That he rose from the dead. And that if I put my trust in him, I will have eternal life. Yes. That's the gospel. Amen. Everything else we learn after the fact. Everything else we learn throughout our born again experience. Everything else we learn later. But every one of us comes by way of the cross. Every one of us comes by way. Of God calling us. Drawing us. And how does he do that? With the gospel. Amen. With the word of God. The gospel of Christ. And is able to make us wise. the salvation. Christ is victorious. Matthew 28 and 18. All power in heaven and earth. Has been given unto me. There's no other way to heaven. There's no other way to God except through Christ. John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me. No one goes to the Father but by me. Turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter (laughs) 2. You'll like this one. If you don't, you need to check your pulse. We need need to have a discussion about where you're born again. Life is going to start. If this one doesn't get you excited, okay? Philippians 2, 5. Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is the gospel in a nutshell. You'll see it. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of men he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in the earth, and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yes. Ah. yes. The gospel is Christ victorious, given all power, all authority. No other name, no other name by which we must be saved according to Acts chapter 4 verse 10 through 12. Let's go read it. Acts chapter 10 verse, or excuse me, Acts chapter 4 verse 10. Excuse me. I get dyslexic when I'm excited. Acts chapter 4 verse 10. Peter standing before Uh, The Sanhedrin, be it known unto all, be it known unto you all, and to all people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which the builders, the builders, uh, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. Which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. Whereby we must be saved. There's no other name. There's no other way. Jesus said he's the way. He's the name. He's got the name. Uh, Christ, the Bible says that Christ is both Lord and God. Go with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 2, verse 36. This is Peter on the day of Pentecost. He says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. John chapter 20, verse 28. There's no need to turn there. I'll tell you what it says because it is Thomas. And he's just put his hands inside of Christ, put his hands in his palms and put his hand in his side and he stops when he realizes this is the same Jesus that he saw die on the cross that he saw buried this is that Jesus and when he backs up he didn't say oh Jesus he said my Lord and my God notice Jesus does not rebuke him why because Jesus Is the gospel The gospel is all about Jesus What Jesus came to do What Jesus did do What Jesus did accomplish And what Jesus Wants to do For all those who will believe Today I want to read Here in a minute I'm going to read you a note But I want to first Talk about what Jesus came to do. Christ came to seek and to save that which is lost. According to Luke 19 and 10. Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. According to Luke 5 and 32. Jesus came to lay his life down for his sheep. Amen. He didn't, he didn't come to lay his life down for a random group of people. He came to lay, lay his life down for his sheep. Those who would believe. Those who hear the voice of God. Those who hear the call of God. And I am praying that somebody today would hear the call of God. The gospel being preached. I got a very nice Bible. A very inexpensive price. Reformation Heritage Bible. And the very first additional material in the back is the coming to Christ. Joel Beake, or Beakey, excuse me. Joel Beaky. writes this. Since the fall of man into sin... The great question has been, how can sinners be brought back to God? God drove Adam and Eve out of paradise for their sins. But through Christ, we can return to God and to paradise, according to Revelation 22, 1 through 2. John therefore testifies in the spirit, and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is athirst come. And all whosoever will. Let him come and take of the water of life freely. Yes. Revelation 22, 17. Man was sent from God. But now he is brought to God through Jesus Christ. The question that remains is how do you and I come to Christ? What does it mean to come to Christ. There are many mistaken views and they abound such as making the decision for Christ in their own strength or raising their hand during a silent prayer or reciting the sinner's prayer or walking forward during an altar call, getting baptized or taking the Lord's Supper, mentally agreeing to certain truths, having mystical experiences or seeing miracles. These are many ways people say this is how you come to Christ but there's really only one way. Amen. On the night after Jesus sent out the twelve and they went and preached and demons were subject to him, he stopped them and he said who do men say that I am? Some say John the Baptist some say Elijah some say one of the other prophets. Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus looked at Peter and said, oh, Peter, I'm so glad you made this decision for me. No, he didn't. That's not what he said, is it? He didn't say, oh, I'm so happy you finally chose. He didn't say that. No. Jesus looked at Peter and he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven, agreeing with the words of John 6 and 44, where Jesus said, no one comes to the Son except the Father draws. Come on. Amen. God the Father has to intervene in the, in the life of Of dead and lifeless people. I'm going to continue reading this now. Coming to Christ begins with God's call. God commands all who hear the gospel. To repent and trust in Christ. The gospel presents Christ. To men for their salvation. Please don't present anything else to Christ. Don't give them anything else to Christ. He's the only one who can save. He's the only one who can free. He's the only one. Jesus said who the Son sets free is free indeed. The gospel presents Christ to men for salvation. Paul said, but we preach Christ crucified. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. The death and the resurrection of the Son of God are powerful to save sinners. Christ says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. When someone refuses to come to him, all blame rests upon the sinner. Jesus said, ye will not come to me that you might have life, John 5 and 40. However, God does more than make us. Uh, God, however, God does more than make a universal call. He also makes an effective call that draws sinners to Christ. The Lord Jesus said, "All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me, and him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out." Amen. John six and thirty seven. We are so blind and dead in sin according to Ephesians 2 1, according to 2 Corinthians 4 4. We're so dead in sin that we cannot come and will not come. But with God all things are possible. Matthew 19:26, John 6 44, Ephesians 2, 5. We come to Christ when we are drawn actively. By him, by faith, he as he offers himself to sinners in the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit. Such faith involves self-renunciation, as we see we have no righteousness of our own, according to Philippians three and nine. Reliance as we set upon reliance as we rest upon Christ's person. And shed blood upon the cross. Romans 3 and 25. An appropriation as we receive Christ. And apply him as the great medicine for our spiritual needs. John 1 and 12. Anybody remember what John 1 and 12 says? Let's go read it. Let's go read it. I know Kyle was, Kyle was about to quote it. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus is the great medicine for our souls. We can only come to Christ to save us from sin if we see ourselves as sinners. Oh, excuse me. We can only come to Christ to save us from our sin if we see ourselves as sinners. Breakers of God's holy law, deserving of judgment, Romans three nineteen through 20. What's he saying right there? What's he saying? We can't come to Christ for salvation until we re- realize we're sinner. Until we see our need Amen. for God. Until we see that we're dead. Until we see that we can't save us. Come on. Yeah. Until we see ourselves as wretched and naked and lonely. Until we see ourselves like that church in the book of Revelation that needed eye salve for its eyes so that it could see that it was that it was poor and wretched and naked and lonely. You're alone without Christ. Yeah. Dead in your trespasses Amen. and in dreadful fear of hell. By the Spirit's grace. Have you turned in faith to Christ as he is offered in the gospel as your only hope of salvation? This is a sure sign of coming to him. If this is so, give glory to God apart from the Holy Spirit. No one can come to Christ according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3. The Spirit gives us life. And the flesh profits nothing according to John 6, 63. Praise the Father that his spirit has blessed you with faith in Christ Jesus. Now this last part. I'm going to read this last part with everything in my being for those people who don't know Christ. If you have not come to Christ, then why not? Amen. Let no obstacle hinder you. Read the Bible. Listen to the preaching that testifies of Christ. Do not let a friend lead you astray. Do not let the sin of people in church keep you back from eternal life. If you have not already learned the basics of Christianity through a good catechism, do not uh, do not. Uh, persist in unbelief or harden your heart stop loving the world quit clinging to your own sins do not be a fool think and think that God will never damn you on the other hand do not be so proud as to think that your sins are greater than the grace of Christ Christ can save the worst of sinners do not delay. Humble yourself today and call upon the name of the Lord. He is rich to save all who come to him. Amen. I wanted to read that because that was probably one of the most well-worded gospel presentations that I've ever seen. Not just in a Bible that I've ever seen, period. I'd like to take that and make it into a, 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 a tract and put it right out here with the rest of those because that's good. What do we have to know to be saved? We have to know we're sinners. Who are sinners? We said Jesus came to seek and to save that which are lost. We, can't, we said that Jesus came to, to call sinners to repentance. Who are sinners? All of us. Romans three twenty three says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans nineteen through twenty says there's none righteous, no not one. No one seeks after God. No one does good. No not one. Yes, amen. They have all like sheep turned aside and become worthless. There's no fear of God before their eyes. We're all sinners and we all, outside of Christ, we will all receive the wages for our sin. We will receive what's due us, what's owed to us for the sins that we have committed. The Bible says that all have sinned and the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Christ Jesus, our Lord, Romans six twenty three. God demonstrated His love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Romans five eight. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And here's the the catch. All those who believe are not condemned. But those who will not or do not believe are condemned already. Because they will not believe in the name of the one and only Son of God. Jesus came to save anyone who would believe Amen. Now that anyone is qualified By the fact that we know No one will come to the Father Or come to the Son Except the Father So we know that all those who will believe Are going to believe Because of the grace of God That has been enacted upon their very soul Those who believe are going to be those who hear the call. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. We know the shepherd's voice if we're his sheep and we believe. The quickest way to know whether someone's a believer or not is do they believe, do they follow the voice? Amen. People go, well, well, how do I know I'm one of those that believe? Are you following Christ? Did you come? Did you hear the call? Did you respond in faith? Because I'm telling you, dead, lifeless people, do not respond in faith. If you've responded and you've come to Christ, you believe the gospel, God has moved upon your heart. The question that we shouldn't be asking when we think of John 3, 16 through 18 is, do I believe? That should be the question. We shouldn't be going, well, who's going to believe? Who's not going to believe? The question is, do you believe? Because if you believe, that tells me that God has called you. God has drawn you. God has worked on your heart. What do I do when I believe? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. By grace are you saved through faith. This is not a work of your own doing. It's a free gift of God. So no one should boast. The gospel is freely, freely offered, freely given, freely accepted. <laughs> How does this believing work? Glad you asked. Turn with me to Romans chapter 10. I told everybody on Facebook I was going to preach like this, okay? I'm sweating. Romans chapter 10, I'm going to start at verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou could, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How shall they call on him whom they have not heard or have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily. Their sound went out into all the earth, and their words into the ends of the world. <laughs> no man is without excuse. Romans 1 makes it very clear that even those who did not have the law, the very nature, the laws of nature, testified to God and who he was and what he was what he expects romans 10 9 says that we believe in our heart on the lord jesus we confess with our mouth that god has raised him from the dead and we shall be saved this is how faith is enacted on the gospel the gospel is presented god calls the heart of the sinner the sinner Being changed by the very call of God, being regenerated at that very moment, responds in faith to the gospel call. Believes in his heart, confesses with his mouth, is born again. It's another element that I want to bring. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. John came preaching repentance. Repent from what? Repent from sin and repent from trusting in myself, repent from trusting in my own ability to defeat sin, to defeat my body, to defeat the enemy, to defeat my fallen nature because I am ill-equipped and cannot do it apart from Christ. The Bible says in 1 John 1.9 that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to close with a parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray one a Pharisee and one a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed, with his, uh, prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not like these other men, extortioners and unjust and adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week and I have tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much his eyes unto heaven but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This is the heart of repentance. This is the heart that has heard the gospel call, that sees their desperate need for Christ, that in that moment that the gospel is presented to them and the Spirit moves upon their dead heart and regenerates them and they respond in faith, this they see that they are Wretched and naked And lonely and need God Amen. Yes. This is the gospel yes. I tell you this man Verse 14 went down to his house justified Rather than the other For everyone that exalts himself Shall be abased and he that humble himself shall be exalted. Tonight I came here with a clear mission to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This isn't just for unsaved people because all of us could be that publican tomorrow. We could be so full of ourselves reading all our deep theological jargon and speaking with our deep theological talk and Thinking that we are so exalted in our knowledge of God. And we get lost from the very fact that the gospel is all that matters. The gospel is the center. It is is the, the very heart of my existence as a Christian. And if I sway one way or the other away from the gospel, I have got lost in the weeds. And I need to come back to Christ. Every doctrine that we preach has to come back to what did God do to save sinful man. Paul didn't go into all these deep theological things. He said, believe in your heart. The Lord Jesus. Amen. Confess with your mouth, and you shall be saved. He said, I preach Christ, Him crucified. A stumbling block to the Jews who want to live by the law, and foolishness to the Greeks who think they're wiser than God. Let's not get lost. Let's hear the gospel call, Christians. Let's come back. For those of you who did not know or do not know God before this started, I'm praying, saying, just like Joel, don't wait. Don't waste time. Today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. I pray that you would repent and believe the gospel today. Today. Let's pray. Father God, we ask that you would help us. Lord, we pray that you would help us who do believe. To remember what's truly important. To remember that the gospel is the center, the epitome, the climax. The the only thing that truly, truly matters. That we believe that. Lord, we know that you will mold us and shape us and teach us and, and guide, lead us and guide us into all truth. The greatest thing that could ever happen to a wayward sinner is to come to faith in Christ Jesus. And the longer we procrastinate in preaching the gospel, the more people don't hear it. I pray, God, that you would put a burden in the heart of every Christian to share this message. To preach this message. To preach Christ and him crucified. The love of God for those who would believe. That they would come to faith in Christ. And I pray that even now as we pray God. You are drawing. You are wooing. You are pulling those people. Who would believe. To yourself. To faith in Christ. That they are being born again this very moment. We thank you. We praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.